Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. What's up, everybody? It's Matt Johnson. We're back with the latest edition of the Team Building Podcast. I've got the man, the myth, the legend, Jeff Cohn, here with me, and we are recapping lessons from the first ever annual Team Building Summit, as well as taking questions that have kind of uh, piled up. We're going to open up the uh, the mailbag, so to speak, Jeff. We've got uh, questions from uh, previous workshop attendees that uh, we've been kind of answering like in the Facebook group. You and Andy and, and Kevin mm-hmm. get in there and and answer as much as you can, but we're actually going to answer them on the show today so that everyone out there that's listening and subscribed uh, can get the benefits of uh, some of the the behind-the-scenes conversations. So fresh off of the first-ever Team Building Summit, Jeff, this is the first-ever event you guys have thrown. We had a bunch of people come to Omaha and show up, and some amazing speakers like you and Greg Harrelson and Spring Benson and Frank Klesitz and all kinds of people. So first of all, welcome back. Hey, thank you very much. It was a great event. I wanted to thank all of our online followers. I know we had a lot of following as well on the live stream. We continue to sell live stream access. So if you missed the event and you'd like to buy the recording, it's in post editing right now. It should be available next week. <clears throat> you can find that recording at the teambuildingsummit.com. Also, we have a special offer, Matt, to anyone that wants to come to the summit next year. We already have dates for late June. It's going to be in conjunction with the College World Series championship game. And we normally sell the VIP tickets for 497 bucks. If you sign up for the Team Building Summit before the end of May, we're going to let you have a VIP ticket for $297. So for anyone that wasn't able to make it out that wants to come next year, or if you just bought the live stream and you want to come next year to the actual event, jump on the teambuildingsummit.com and we'll get you a VIP ticket for $297. And yes, we had a great turnout. Um, it was awesome. A lot of the people that were at the event follow this podcast. And I made a, a strong invite that they would attend these live sessions so that people could engage and ask us questions. And more importantly, ask questions to the people that we interview every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. So for those that are on with us today, thank you. And for anyone watching this recording, we do stream these live if you ever want to jump on live and ask the people we're interviewing questions. That's right. Yep, you can absolutely do that. We're live on Facebook every Wednesday morning at 11 Central. Uh, and you can actually just post uh, post the comments and questions in the kind of the comment stream on the Facebook Live because uh, I keep an eye on that throughout the show. So uh, for those of you who have only been listening and joining uh, kind of after the fact through iTunes or YouTube or whatever, it's a great opportunity to kind of interact directly uh, and get your questions answered. Um, but if you are uh, if you're a past workshop attendee, you might already be a member of the Facebook group for you know specific for people who have come to the workshop, uh, which a lot of those folks ended up showing up to the event, uh, and you can interact directly with folks there. And so we're going to pull some questions from there about, uh, you know, everything from uh, FISBO and expired campaigns, you know, texting and smart drips. Um, there's some questions here about, like, has anyone tried billboards? I mean, there, there's uh, there's some fun stuff that we can get into. But uh, before we do that, I just want to talk about kind of what the uh, the main takeaway for me was from the Team Building Summit. And Jeff, I'd love to hear first before I get into that, um, before we get into the conversation, because we want to talk a little bit about yeah. team models. Uh, yeah. What was your, I mean, you're essentially around a whole bunch of team leaders, a lot of super successful people. The, one of the things that I took away is that all of their teams are inherently structured differently. Uh, not always intentionally, but, you know, uh, so we can talk about different types of like kind of how to identify your team model. But 
Um, what was your takeaway from kind of interacting with all these people that have different types of teams? Yeah, you know, I see a constant um, issue, I guess, in the real estate space where there's lots of brokerages that will represent one model. And, you know, I've talked a lot about the three types of teams, the community team, the rockstar team, and then the CEO team. Keller Williams, for example, I learned a lot from Gary Keller's book, MREA, Millionaire Real Estate Agent, where he would talk about the, C he talked about the CEO model where you get to your business to a point where you could choose to step out of the day-to-day -day grind and essentially live off of what your agents sell. But from a leadership standpoint, there's obviously a lot of different ways to lead. And Matt and I were talking a little bit off rec, off, off uh, air about how brokerages will kind of set up a model and then tell everyone to plug in. But that model isn't for everyone. And agents are trying to plug in to the, that CEO model as prescribed by Keller Williams slash MREA. And they're really struggling. And I think what was the most telling to those in the audience at the team building summit over um, those two days was that. Several of the very, very successful team leads that were there, you know, Spring, Greg Harrelson, myself, we have very different models and we hold our agents accountable to different expectations, different hours, different leads, different markets. Um, and it was just very interesting to kind of look at the difference between um, each of the teams, even though everyone's getting really similar results. Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, that, that, there was a, a really great kind of off the record uh, conversation that we were able to have with with Greg Harrelson and Trey Willard, who'll be coming on the show. He was uh, uh, he's one of the top team leaders down in Baton Rouge and a good friend. He's been on my Real Estate Uncensored podcast a couple of times, actually, kind of documenting his uh, journey. And we'll end up getting him on the show to kind of talk about where his team is at now, what the next step is for him. But he was really picking uh, Greg Harrelson's brain, so we're all sitting around chatting and. Um, the, I think the net result of that conversation when you get down to it is there is there, there's a model that's right for the person. And you can I think a lot of people get caught up in looking at what models work for somebody else and kind of not taking into account their personality and their leadership strengths and asking yourself, do I have those same traits? Um, I know I've made that mistake, like, uh, I mean, just in, in, in aspiring to build a certain real estate team, like looking at your model, looking at other people's models and kind of looking at, okay, well, the most, I, I like, I think Jeff, for you, and not, I, I mean, even just objectively, not even just for you, like it works with your personality, but what I'm saying is like your model that you run with unspecialized agents, you know, most of your, your lead generation costs being offset by lender vendor comp partners. Like it's infinitely scalable. Like I love the business model. I just absolutely love the model. However, I don't want to roll into the same physical location every day and manage the same 30 agents every day, right? You enjoy it. You've got Andy that really enjoys it. Greg Harrelson enjoys it. Like that's like, that's right. the culture. So you guys have built this kind of a team. And I, I wish I would have, um, I wish I would have come up with this analogy when I, when we actually spoke, Greg McDaniel and I actually spoke at the event. I came up with this analogy the day after and then kicked myself and he asked for it. Um, so the way that I envision the way a team should work is that it should be like, like Iron Man suit. Right. So it should fit you like your your team structure should fit you like like a second skin. Like it re really should be like an expression and an amplifier of your own strengths. Right. And then it covers up and accounts for your own weaknesses. So you have a team where you hire people that offset your weaknesses and it exaggerates and leverages the things that you're good at. Uh, Tim Heil is a good example of that. So Tim Heil is a cold call prospector. So guess what his entire team and the expansion mm -hmm. teams are based on? They're based on teaching people exactly what he did. Work the system cold outbound prospect, call your, call your expires, call the FISBOs. Like they, like he knows what he's good at. 
And that's primarily what the team structure is, is based on, at least initially. Uh, and so I think that um, that's one thing that really hit me was uh, to really build a successful team, like this like successful over the long term, it has to fit us like a second skin. Otherwise, it's, it's, it's not sustainable. We'll eventually run out of the gas that we yep. need to pretend to be somebody else. Yep. I love it. I like the Iron Man suit analogy. I think that one makes sense. I like the Iron Man suit in the most recent Iron Man where he mm -hmm. doesn't even have to be in it. Nope. <laughs> so I know you made the mention like you couldn't probably be in an office with 30 agents every single day. And I agree. I'm the exact same way. That's why I hired Andy Cuny, my success coach, to run my team. Um, I'm in the office every week. Um, I lead mm -hmm. our team meeting, accountability meeting, and I'm in for trainings. I, I train today. And I do enjoy that. Um, Patrick Lencioni does a really great job breaking this down in the seven, um, five, what is it, five dysfunctions of a team where he invites leaders to self-actualize and admit the areas where they're strong. But the harder thing is to admit the areas where they're weak. And then mm -hmm. they find the people to strengthen them in those weak areas. And I think you've done a good job, Matt, pointing that out, that each of the teams that was highlighted at our event, they showed all of their, their strengths. But I think we were also willing to show some of our weaknesses and our, our team kind of becomes the result of both of those mindsets. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, just the disc profile itself is a great, a great example, right? So, I mean, you've got some of the top team leaders in the country are, I would say, probably DCs. They're a combination of driven, dominant, and then like a high engineering mindset, which is what helps them develop the systems that their team runs on. They're not always the most high eye. You, right. on the other hand, very high eye. I was, I was drawing the example the other day. I actually used you as an example on one of my other podcasts where I said, you know, like if you had to make your entire living the way that Aaron Wittenstein does making expired calls every single day for the first two or three hours of the day, like I know you well enough, you would, you could do it and you would crush it and then you kill yourself. Yes, I could do it. And I did it. And you did I did it. it. But um, I did not want that. That was not living the dream for me. That was not. <laughs> no, because your eye pops out, right? You're, you're right. a people person. You have to have, so some guys can really thrive. And if you build the right team structure around you, it's better to acknowledge like, hey, this is this is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I do naturally. So right. let's figure out how to work with that and then build the team structure around that rather than saying, hey, this is what somebody else is doing and I really admire their model. So I'm going to change everything I'm doing to try to be that right. team and that model. So right. anyway. One of the first things I say anytime someone comes out to our workshop, which by the way, a lot of people were confused a little bit with the difference between the Elite Real Estate Systems Workshop, which we host monthly in our office. That's a one-day deep dive into our Omaha's Elite business mm -hmm. versus the Team Building Summit, which was completely different than the deep dive. It was a two-day event with over 20 speakers. Um, we had five top VIP team leads, and then we had industry leaders from Rockerbox, Dotlube, um, Viral Marketing. The list goes on and on and on. I had a motivational speaker that came out, and then I spoke a couple times. Um, but one of the things I really took out of that, which was interesting, that Greg shared was that when he listens to people speak, a lot of times you see someone with a notepad and they're taking notes, and you assume that when people take notes, they're taking notes of what the speaker said. And I've never been that way. And what was really interesting is when, when Greg made the point, I found that I had never self-actualized what I was doing, but I recognized that what I do when people speak, and Greg mirrors the same thing, Greg talked about this from stage, is he looks at patterns. And so like when someone's talking about something, Greg doesn't take a note about the exact thing that person says. He starts looking at patterns from a leadership standpoint, patterns from implementation in the business. And so if I take a step away from the team building summit and I ask myself, what were some of the patterns we saw that were consistent across all of the successful teams, even though the team structures are so different, 
the consistent patterns, I would say, are the foundational um, pieces to what elite real estate systems represents. And that is lead generation. All three had a core lead gen philosophy. They weren't all the same philosophy, but lead generation was obviously at the heart. Culture, which is thrown around all the time. Everyone talked about their culture, which every culture was different and is defined as the lead from the leader and is an extension of the leader. Yes. Um, accountability. All three teams had a component, either super aggressive or not aggressive, but there was some type of an accountability brought into each and every team. Lead conversion. Everyone had systems and processes in place to convert the internet leads that come in. And so I would say those are like the top four I saw from a pattern standpoint that were all four of all three of the teams highlighted all exhibited or all of those traits existed within each of these teams, right? Yeah. But they were all executed differently, and I think that's so fascinating that you can see one leader like Greg Harrelson requires his agents to come in every single day for three hours, five days a week. I, on the other hand, will tell my agents, "Don't ever come in. Don't ever make a phone call." But if you decide you want to be successful at life and you want to accomplish the goals you've set, we will show you exactly what you need to do to plug into that, and we'll hold you accountable to it, and we'll provide you the systems and tools to help you be successful at it. And so it's like entirely different mindsets. Like mm -hmm. it's the C versus the I, but both work. Yeah, exactly. They sure do. All right. Well, let me, uh, in the last few minutes that we have left, I'm going to throw some questions your way. This is from the ERS workshop members group. Uh, so these are the people who have previously been to the workshop. Uh, let's see. So this is from Joe Lou. I didn't see one in the ER Smart Drip campaigns, which, which everyone gets access to when they leave the workshop. Uh, he says, but does anyone have a FISBO, and expired campaign that they like to run? So, Jeff, I know you've tinkered. Um, yeah. uh, is there anything that you, that you really found that was super effective that you guys really like to run that you recommend for your agents? So the hardest thing with a FISBO drip is getting their email address. So a lot okay. of times the FISBO, you just have a phone number. You could do a text drip if you wanted to. And then the same thing with expired. So you don't usually have an expired person's email address. So for us, we, with expired and physical campaigns, we've had the most success with direct dialing, just like what you, you brought Tim Heil earlier, who's a good friend of mine. Um, it's really important to get those people on a phone call. You know, you think they're already getting bombarded with phone calls, FISBO and expired leads, to then think they're going to get bombarded by an email. Like the call is hard enough versus like an email that's going out. To me, I just don't think that's going to gain very much traction. So we've chosen not to really have a big focus on that. We just do direct dial. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Uh, I know we talked about a long time ago, you had kind of a, a this a, a super awesome direct mail slash show yeah. up in person kind of thing. And I don't think you've ever found anyone in your, in your office that really wanted to kind of be, be the guinea pig for that uh, imaginary, oh. super awesome, super shiny system. Yeah. We did, So I made a lot of money off that actually. Uh, when I was in production my last year, what I would do is I had my sign runner bring a packet to every potential, um, every listing that expired, he'd bring a FedEx envelope and leave it at the front door. And it was pre-filled with like, hey, this is how we're gonna help you. And then it would say, over the next 10 weeks, I'm gonna send you 10 more letters to show you more ways I can bring value to you. And then I hired a mailing company to send out 10 more little envelopes that would just talk about all the different unique selling propositions that our team offered. I probably made, a, I mean, the ROI on that was insane, but. The hardest thing is you have to have an agent on the ground that can go and secure that listing. And when I chose to step out of production, a lot of my agents weren't strong enough on the listing presentation to win a lot of those expired opportunities over. And so I stopped deploying my capital to generate those lead opportunities. Uh, but I did invite my agents to deploy theirs. And of course, you know how that goes. If you ask an agent to spend money on anything, 
usually if it does happen at all, doesn't happen for very long um, because they don't see the long-term play at it. But I had a story on one of them. I was, I listed a $1.7 million house. And the gentleman, when I went on the list press, said the only reason I was in his house was because I had sent him a letter that said over the next 10 weeks, he's going to get 10 more letters. And I did it. He's like, mm-hmm. you did it. He's like, I, th- I read that first letter. I thought there was no way. He said, I waited 10 weeks. You sent 10 letters. You're at my house today. I listed it. And it was so lucky. It had been on the market for a year. It sold in one week. I don't have very many of these stories, so I'm going to take this one and run with it. But it sold <laughs> in one week. It was in the sanctuary, Matt. You're familiar with Omaha. It's like a, one of our nicer neighborhoods way out west Omaha. And I ended up getting both sides. And so my commission was a hundred, like $110,000, uh, the okay. biggest commission check I ever earned. And that was off of that expired mail campaign. Wow. Nice. That's awesome. I never heard that story before. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's stay on, uh, on smart drop campaigns for a second. Cause, uh, yeah. there's a, there's another question here. Um, so, uh, let's see. So, Hey guys, as some of you know, we can now set texting into our smart drip campaigns he's referring to boomtown in this case we currently have our drip set up the same way uh the jeff's team does um so jeff uh, have you guys been doing this long enough to see what the results are on incorporating like auto text like into the smart drips so we had already required our agents as part of our lead conversion process they have to send a text the first day and then a text the 14th day we have yet to incorporate it into the automatic chain of email that goes out and so What Boomtown just released for anyone that's not super familiar with this is with drip email within Boomtown, you know, emails go out, a chain of emails. You can now include text messaging as part of your chain of email, or you can do entire campaigns that are just text messaging campaigns. So we allow our agents to build out any of their own campaigns if they want to. Um, It's still my opinion that a phone call is the very best way to connect with somebody and convert them because you can overcome objections on a phone call. You can influence someone on a phone call. Every other form of communication is simply informational. A text is informational, emails informational, billboards, mailers. It just provides someone with information that they then can make a decision if they want to respond to it or not. Whereas a phone call, if you if they answer, you now have that lead. You have the opportunity to overcome objections. So I will, I would say, I do think we will incorporate um, texting as part of the email drip campaign. We haven't yet. And my main reason of not doing it yet is I think it's a lot more intrusive than an email. And I think you're going to have more people net net opt out. And I don't know yet that if the, that the benefit will outweigh the, uns, the how many people might unsubscribe. Yeah, so. I, I think I think we're in an interesting kind of niche of time where where we know that's going to flip. Like we, we know the millennials and everyone younger than millennials. So everyone our age and younger would rather get a text first before we get a call from an unknown number. Like we, we want to know who you are before we pick up the phone, but anyone older than us does view texting as extremely intrusive uh, because they're getting, you know, texts from effectively their family and some work colleagues and things like that. And so it's yeah. very, yeah, I think they're just, I think in the next five years, for the most part, we could probably start incorporating them and the majority of people so would be comfortable. Let's talk about the future. And that's the conversation I get super jacked about. I, I'm yeah. part of a um, mastermind group that I created with some of the, highest great um i guess most intelligent youth in omaha that are all high school level they're juniors and seniors and mm-hmm. we get together monthly we call it the easy group which um essentially is the z generation it's a z generation mastermind we got about 10 people and my our number one focus at least my number one focus of this group is to better understand how z gen millennials y gen want to communicate and the solution is when people register on a site there just simply needs to be an option. How would you like to communicate? 
You want text messaging, instant messaging, Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook messaging, a phone call, an email. And they get to go down a box and check all the different ways that they want to be communicated with. Now, there are certain tells. When someone reaches out to us, the form in which they reach out to us is a tell as to how they want to be communicated to. So the best way to follow up with a lead, in my opinion, is to follow up with them in the form in which they communicated to us. The challenge and the greatest dysfunction right now with lead gen is that the leads are forced to register. And the only reason they're giving us their information is because they want access to content. And so we force them to give us their contact information. They don't want an email. They don't want a phone call. They don't want a text message. They don't want to be contacted at all. So the question becomes exactly what you identified, Matt. How do they want, if, if they're going to be contacted by some annoying real estate agent in their minds, right. how would they want to be contacted? Would they want a text? Would they want a call? Would they want an email? I still will argue, I think they want an email. I think the email is the easiest to say unsubscribe. It's not inconvenience. It's not an inconvenience to get an email. You expect spam email. A text to me is an inconvenience. And maybe this is a mind shift I'm going to need to accept and, and, and move forward with this. But if someone doesn't want access to you, they don't want you to contact them. Like, I think the question is, what's the best way to contact them? And to me, it's still that email. But I, we're hypocrites because we're also calling. And I'm saying, I think calling is the best form. And it is very well, intuitive. It is, it is the best, yeah, for if for lead conversion. Yes, it's not necessarily the best from the from the prospect's point of view. Right. Um, I think I think the ideal, and speaking as someone that I mean, we're both in the same age group, and I I look at texting the same way. I, like I don't want to see a text from you unless I know you. Period. Now maybe right. maybe if I register on your website and I'm expecting a call, I would rather get a text to explain who you are, and then I'll decide if I want to pick up your next phone call. That's that's about it. Um, what I wouldn't mind doing, though, necessarily is is being forced to register by logging in through Facebook, knowing that I'm going to get Facebook message follow ups and and get offered an opportunity to interact with a chatbot to isolate and, and like narrow my search down. So I think there's some interesting experiments going on right now with that whole world to where we may shift the we may see the entire forced registration shift from people registering with name and phone number to logging in through Facebook and saying, hey, we've got a bot here who can help and find homes that are that fit your criteria a little bit better, and then we can just send them over to you. So you can stop searching. You can stop going out there and trying to pull the information to you, and you can just sit back, and we'll send you the ones that match your criteria, and you don't have to talk to a human being. To me, if I was looking for a home, that's the best of both worlds because I get what I want without talking to a person. And from our perspective, eventually that will allow us to take out all of the, potentially all the ISAs or having our agents make 99 calls that nobody wants to pick up for every one call where they actually connect. If we could cut all that crap out and replace it with bots, all the better. Yeah. No, that'll be really interesting to watch that, that technology advance. And um, I know Matt speaks of, if you guys haven't seen this yet, if you're ever on Facebook and you register on someone like to follow someone and you start getting all these instant messages, usually that's not a real person. It's just a bot and they do a really good job. Like depending on your responses, it'll ask like what? Yes, no questions and then how you respond it's just like drip email just drip instant messaging yeah, it's getting better yeah yeah it's getting better all right so yeah, one, cool. one last question we've got very very limited time to answer so give me 60 seconds on this uh jeff so yeah. brent says team trips for production uh when's the cutoff and are you forecasting so i'm curious just when when you award agents for production you offer to take them on a trip what, what's the brief answer on how you guys run yeah. that? Yeah, so I spend 2000 an agent, and that in, whatever trip we go on, that includes they get to bring a guest. If they don't have a guest to bring, I'll let them keep <clears throat> whatever the difference is in cash that I give them at the trip. Um, right now, this year, the offer was if they do 10 deals from Boomtown leads, so my leads, or 
um, they do 30 transactions. They get to go on the team trip. But usually if you want to look at it from a pattern, um, I like two, uh, two grand is the number. I net on average around 24,000 an agent. So I'm taking about 7%, 6% of what I earn per agent. For those that sell at a certain level, they get to go on the team trip. And the team trip is obviously a great way to say, hey, good job. But the agents that are earning it make enough that they could pay for their own trip. It's really like a badge of honor. And it's a way where I can connect with my top agents outside of the office for a week and connect with their spouse. So I feel like it helps, you know, bear, you know, grow some really strong uh, foundations with those agents that are on the team that perform at a high level. And we've done team trips for seven years, every ever since I was an agent, and it's been awesome. Sixty seconds, I think I probably passed it. No, that's all right. Good enough. All right, so let's quickly uh, sum up with uh, a couple of quick mentions. So, uh, workshop for future workshop dates. Go to EliteRealEstateSystems.com and click on the workshop tab. You can see the upcoming uh, dates. So, if you're watching this live, Jeff, what's the next uh, date for you guys? Do you know offhand? Yeah, I don't have it offhand. I think it's like all next right. week, actually. I'd Probably yes. <laughs> so check check June. I know June's towards the end of the month. Um, July was July 30th. We're actually changing that. We're going to either move it into August or bring it back a little bit. Um, but I think we have all the way out through August right now on the site. So yeah, check that out. And then of course, make, make, making the mention on the podcast. If you guys have found value in this and you haven't rated it yet, I know we ask this every time. It means a lot to us to get those testimonials from you and it helps other listeners find our podcast. So if you don't rate it and you don't make a testimonial, less people will find it when they search for this same type of content. So jump on iTunes, give us a five-star review, and then give credit to whatever your favorite podcast was or the person that we interviewed and let them know they did a great job. Cool. All right, guys. And make sure that, uh, yeah, always remember to subscribe however you like to listen to podcasts, uh, whether it's Apple Podcasts, whether it's Stitcher on your Android device, uh, or you can also check us out on YouTube. Just grab the video versions there. And we are live every Wednesday morning, so you can come and interact. We've had all kinds of people. Antoine Thomas, what's up? Antoine was at the uh, the Team Building Summit. Some guy brought one of his agents. Uh, we've got Paul Franklin, Steve Schwab, Sandy, Sheena, Dan. Uh, and Sonny and Jeff, I know I'm missing people there, folks. Just want to thank you guys for jumping on the live broadcast with us. We appreciate it. And Jeff, thanks so much, man. This is awesome. Hey, thanks, guys. And thanks to all those people that joined us at the Team Building Summit. We had a great event.